the more you take from Jesus, the stronger he becomes. That's what could have been said about him. That day that the woman at the well in Samaria had that discussion with Jesus about her husband's and the dude she was shacked up with was not her husband. Remember that story there in John? In chapter 4? But she... She didn't serve Jesus. She received from Jesus. When Jesus was tired, he was so tired, he was hanging out there by the well. His disciples were in town trying to get some food, some grub. And she takes from him the words, the message of his life and of grace and was reinvigorated and refreshed. The more you take from Jesus, the stronger he becomes, she would say to you and me. Because his disciples come with the food and he says, nope, don't need it. I'm good. I'm energized. I'm full. Why? He had been serving and giving grace to that woman in Samaria at the well. What is true about Jesus is also true for you and me. It is better, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. I find this, maybe you do too. Well, let me just use an example as a dad. Oh man, I'm not, I'd rather just sit and watch the football game. Or, or take a nap or whatever, then have to take my beautiful daughters, they are beautiful, to play miniature golf. Maybe, you know, not always, but maybe there's a day or two that I might feel that way. But no, I'm a dad. I'm going to take my daughters to play miniature golf, even though the football game is on. Or I could use a nap. And I go play miniature golf with my daughters and I am more energized and happy than I had been all the rest of the day or the day before. You know why? It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Jesus shows us that. When I go miniature golfing, I find that not just with my kids, but with people. But the best thing of all, it's not just about what I do or you do, because it is true. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. But Jesus lived it, knows it, as well as taught it. He did it. Blessed be his name. This is Peter John. Welcome to Rogue Grace. It is Monday, which as I've pointed out, is the only day of the week in the Genesis creation account 
that God did not bless the day. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's on Monday. God did not bless it. Now, that doesn't sound so encouraging, does it? Let me just say, this is the day the Lord has made. Jesus is with us. You are blessed. May God bless your day indeed. I'm actually going to do something I normally don't do on my radio program on Rogue Grace. I'm going to refer to the news. And here's why. Because on Facebook, did you see this? Do you see this, Scott? No, did you check Facebook out today? Uh, okay, you're going to like yeah, this. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, you're going to like this then. You know how they, the trending topics? The number one trending topic right now as I speak is Medford, Oregon. And all Facebook. Do you know why? I think I do. Because I, I think I saw an article earlier in the week. Yeah? Yeah? Give it a, give it a guess. guess. Yeah. Is it because... Uh, the celebrity that's building a house here? No, but oh, okay. but that's a good... T- Wait, who's, who is it? Uh, oh! S- Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett... Is, yeah. I thought that was... F- is that really going to happen? I thought it was fake, but yeah. I've heard... I don't know. I've heard from several people that it's real. So. I thought somebody was I pulling our leg. Like. Could be. I don't know. Okay, that'd yeah. be incredible. Well, well, either way, she'll I protect to... us from evil if, you know, the Avengers living here. So that'll <laughs> be great. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> My kids would agree with you on yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Um... But even more, more, even a bigger story than that. I mean, more incredible, more invigorating, more scandalous, so to speak. The number, the one, the number one trend in Facebook right now is Medford, Oregon, because of wild turkeys in Medford. That's our claim to fame. I don't know why it's number one. I don't know why it's even on the news, Facebook. <laughs> Huh. I mean, wild turkey. I guess I could see it in the Mail Tribune. That's the kind of thing Mail Tribune right. posts. Yeah. But to be the number one topic in Facebook around the world. That is, wow. Because they That's don't know. What, I know it is. Yeah. And so huh. it's on Facebook and they don't know what to do <laughs> with the turkeys because you're not allowed to hunt them or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and Jacksonville and Ashland are also mentioned That's in the hilarious. story. It's oh, amazing. Man. It is. Wow. So people are crying foul. Yeah. So Facebook, we're gobbling up the news on Facebook. Oh, 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 nice one. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Oh, I man. like it. That's way better than mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you didn't even, I ain't got time to prepare for the radio show. <laughs> I took a lot of time right. thinking about that. Oh, man. oh, so that's the big news for today. All right. We'll be right back with more of this outstanding Rogue Grace episode concerning wild turkeys in Medford, or maybe we won't talk about that. Let's talk about something else. We'll be right back.
shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only desire thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. song takes me back. Fernando Ortega, that guy, I listened to him in Bible college. So that takes me way back. I liked his music back when I was in Bible college many years ago now. So I'm going to try to, to right now kind of thread uh, the needle a bit. Let me see if I can get this right, what I'm about to say, without being um, irreverent or theologically off course, okay? So, let's go. Let's try this. When it comes to our relationship with God, we have to learn to receive. Here's what... Here's what I want to suggest and uh, I want to work through here. And that is, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Just as Jesus told the Apostle Paul. That's absolutely true. And I would say that that doesn't mean or that is not also true when it comes to our relationship with God, in a sense, it's so blessed to give to God, but God is so God, so glorious, so holy. I would say because he is God and I'm not, it's more blessed to receive than to give. Think about that, if you agree with that or not, or to what extent you do, you know? That when it comes to God, because of who he is, especially in comparison to who 
you are or who I am, it's not more blessed to give than it is to receive, but it's more blessed to receive than it is to give. Because here's the thing. The most important thing you can do is receive from God. You receive salvation. You receive eternal life. Without receiving from God, you can do nothing for God. You're bankrupt. So am I. God has everything. I have nothing. So when it comes to being saved and blessed by God, it is more blessed to receive than to give. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't give. In fact, I am saying you can't give until you first do receive from God. Have you ever thought of it that way? I mean, can I say that again? With God, it is more blessed to receive than to give. You will never find that in the law or in Moses or in the Old Testament scriptures when it comes to commandments that are given, because that's the law and the law is beautiful. But I would say if you look at the Garden of Eden and if you look at Jesus and if you look at the New Testament, you can come to the conclusion with God, it is more blessed to receive than to give. And then once I do receive from God, it is so blessed to give. But what I give to God cannot compare to what I receive from God. What God gives to me, if you can follow what I'm saying. I am just kind of working through this right now, what I'm talking about, this subject matter. So I haven't yet preached a sermon like this. I don't know if I ever will. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I'm still working through it in my own mind, which doesn't say much. But the most important thing you can do is receive from God. You can't give to him. You can't give to others unless you first receive from God. Think about that. What was Mary doing instead of Martha? Martha was getting all tight, all wound up, right? Jesus, tell Mary, she didn't even use her, she didn't even use her name, tell my sister to get up and help me in the kitchen, right? Remember that? Because Mary was sitting there. Mary, the sister of Martha, was sitting at the feet of Jesus with the other disciples, while he was teaching in the house. Tell her to get up and help me. Oh, Martha, Martha. You are so distracted yourself. You're so encumbered by your worries. Don't you know that your sister Mary has chosen the better thing? The most important thing you can do is to receive from God. Even more importantly, get this. I know this is, this is I'm kind of throwing you a curveball today. Even more importantly than giving to God is receiving from God, according to that story in Luke chapter 10. Martha is doing something more important when she sits at my feet than even you are, Martha. Sorry, Mary is doing something more important as she sits at my feet than even you are, Martha, by serving in the kitchen. 
Do you agree with what I just said? I was about to say, I don't know if I even agree with what I just said. But I said it. And come to think of it, I do agree with it. The best thing you can do is receive from Jesus Christ. And you'll do a whole lot more when it all comes down to it. I'll be right back.
show here at the 10 o'clock hour Adam is not greater than Jesus Christ in other words sin is not greater than grace praise be to God for that I mean, just do a read through Romans 3, 4, and 5. Then also 6, 7, and 8 while you're at it. And you will also discover, as I have, what the Apostle Paul is telling us. Adam is not greater than Jesus. And his, Adam's mistake, his mess up, his, well bomb is not greater than Jesus's sacrifice, his death, his resurrection. Where sin abounds, Adam, grace does much more abound. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not making small of sin. I'm making big of grace. See, just think it through with me. How are you going to have an abundance of grace? Two ways. Well, the first way is where there is sin. (laughs) There's going to be an abundance of God's grace. For those of us who have messed up, those days that are bad, those seasons where you're off, you will see more grace. But can I say something about that? Something, another way that's even better than that? Not only where sin abounds, grace abounds more, but you experience, you you receive his grace when you rest. That's the better way than sin. Because when you sin, it's not that 
God is wrathful at you. Or I would, yeah, God's not even punishing you. Jesus took your punishment. God will correct. God will direct. For sure, he's our father, not our grandpa. But the better way than that because where sin abounds, grace abounds more, but sin has its fallout. It's not God punishing you. It's just fallout. It's disaster. It's crummy activity. Okay? So better than, than the fact that, and it's, it's not better than, but more restful or relaxing than that. Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Because where there's sin, there's not going to be very much rest, will there? In a good way. But not only that, where I am resting in God by faith in Jesus Christ, that is where grace abounds. So I'm not making small of sin, but I am making big of grace. Yeah? To say for sure, where there is sin, there's going to be even more grace. But better than that for in our place, in our position, where we're at, where you're resting, that's where you're receiving his grace as well. That's why the gospel is good news. You know, I'm going to give you another opinion, so take it for what it's worth. Here's my two cents, and you can give me the change if you want. I don't think many, in my opinion, many preachers or pastors recognize in their sermons that the gospel means good news. <laughs> oh, they might, they do know it as the phrase, but do they really know it? If I listen to your sermon, am I really hearing the gospel? I mean, after all, it's called good news. It doesn't just contain good news. It is good news. I mean, it's one thing if it just contained good news, right? And it's called something else. It's called application. Or it's called testimony or whatever phrase people want to use. But it's not called those things. It has application, and it bears testimony, but it is called the gospel. Of all the words, the phrases that could be used, gospel is the one that is used for the New Testament, for the message of our Christian faith. Do you recognize that as you sit at church? Do you hear that? Do you hear good news? You should. Because that means the gospel is being preached. If you don't, you might be hearing the law, okay? You might be hearing God's commandments, good. Worse than that, way worse. You might be hearing some dude's opinions to that. But do you hear good news? 
man, I want to be more like Paul. I don't want to let go of the gospel. For it is the message of the gospel that saves, not my opinion and not even the law. If you don't go to good church and if you aren't, no, if you do go to church and you are not hearing good news, you need to go to a different church. Come to Applegate Christian Fellowship.
if you can lose, well, okay, I'm going to say something else that I haven't quite fully, or I have, I don't know if I've fully figured out how to communicate it. Maybe I have, so I'm going to try here on you. You're the guinea pigs. Hopefully it's not poison. Not hopefully, it better not be, or I'll be accountable, okay? If you can lose your righteousness, dear Christian, believer, if you can lose your righteousness, it means it wasn't unconditional. All right. I hope you can agree with that. I believe it. Because see, if you can lose your righteousness, it means it is conditional in my opinion. You know, God could say, here's my righteousness. I am giving to you as a gift. Right? Unconditionally, by my grace, it has nothing to do with you or your behavior, Peter, John, or your merit, or have you earned it, or do you achieve it or deserve it? So, if God said, here is my righteousness, you did nothing to earn it or deserve it, but don't lose it. That means I have to live a certain way, do certain things by which I can lose my righteousness, which means even if it's just 1%, it's up to me or it's on my shoulders. Even if it's just a half a percent. But that means if I keep it, that half a percent is also credited to me. So I can take even a half percent credit for my salvation. No, you can't. If you read the Bible, you can take no credit for your salvation, which means it has nothing to do with you, which means you cannot lose your righteousness. Okay, that's fine for you to tell me this, you might be thinking. But there are people listening right now that are going to take that and run. They're going to live like they want. They're going to do what they want. No, they're not. If they truly belong to God. If they truly are born again. No, they're not. They're going to actually do better. Walk further, live more in his word and in his commandments, the more they understand that their righteousness isn't conditional. They will actually do better at keeping God's commandments. See, guess who, guess what? To me, The conspiracy of hell is that you believe your righteousness is conditional. You know why I know that? Jesus called the Pharisees sons of the devil. You see, they thought that they could keep the law, that they were doing their end of the deal 
when it comes to righteousness. Were they righteous? Being called a son of the devil seems to me to indicate they weren't righteous. But they kept the law keepable. And they became the Pharisees, as we know them today. <laughs> and that is what self-righteousness will do. It will keep the law keepable. And you know what? I know this from not only my own experiences, but there's always a backlash to the message of pure grace. I can say that because I've got that backlash in California and I got that backlash in Oregon. So those are two states that I know there's a backlash. Part of it, no doubt, is because of me. I'm not anything close to a perfect speaker. So I'm sure I, even in this message of grace, I've communicated things that are not in line or an error or misunderstood. Fine, true. But I'm talking about the message of pure grace. There is going to be a backlash. But also, I also know this. There's also a wonderful response. I have found in my personal ministry for what it's worth, again, you can, here's my two cents, keep the change. When you preach grace, wallets open, i.e. the rich young ruler, right? His wallet stayed shut when he was reminded about the law. I.e. Zacchaeus, his wallet flew wide open when he saw God's grace. When I preach grace, when you preach grace to your kids in the church, wallets open. And I'm not saying that's why we should preach grace. I'm just saying, you know why? Because hearts are open. I love preaching grace. See, the ministry of condemnation, as Paul calls it, the law, has some glory. And there's a certain extent of glory in ministries that are preaching gras or social issues with no message of the gospel or grace or very little, maybe just a kind of a, a nod in that direction at the end of the sermon. Okay, there's some glory. But when it comes to the ministry, not of condemnation, but of the righteousness found in Jesus Christ, the true preaching of the gospel, we still haven't seen nothing yet when it comes to glory. Because guess who gets it? Who gets the glory? Not the preacher, not the congregation but the Lord does. That's always a good thing. I will feast at the table of the Lord. 
of those spies that Moses sent in to Canaan. They saw giants, didn't they? As the people were preparing to enter the promised land. And Moses sent in those 12 spies. 10 of them saw giants devouring them. But there were two 
Joshua and Caleb, who saw them devouring the giants. Ten. Interesting, right? Moses, the Ten Commandments, the law, the law, the giants, right? The law, the Ten saw the giants devouring them, but then there were two who saw them devouring the giants. They're no match for us. We can take them. Don't be afraid. Here's what I want to say. When it comes to God's grace and his Holy Spirit, like those two spies, like Joshua and Caleb. By the way, Caleb wasn't even a Jew. <laughs> I love it. Jew and Gentile. But God will not only choose to deliver you by taking you out of your problem, but he will deliver you by making you stronger than your problem. So often we pray, God, get me out of this. Joshua and Caleb say, they're no match for us. Some cut, sometimes God will take us out. He will deliver us by rescuing us and taking us out of the problem. But sometimes God makes us bigger than the problem. And maybe that's what he's doing with you. Why doesn't God deliver me from this problem? He is, but he's delivering you not by taking you out of your problem, as giant as it seems, he's delivering you by making you stronger, bigger than your problem. I know he's done that with me many times in so many ways. And I bet you he's doing that with you as well. Thank you for tuning in. May the Lord bless you today, and I know he will tonight, because my brother Ben will be opening God's word. So come on out to hear God's word, to take communion, to worship, and to have fellowship with God's people. You'll be blessed. I'm telling you, you will not walk away unblessed. Thanks for tuning in. May you grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. By the way, don't you love the order of that scripture found in 2 Peter? Grow in the grace and knowledge. He doesn't say grow in the knowledge and grace of Jesus. Grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. Because grace always comes first, even before knowledge. I bet Adam and Eve could attest to that. May the Lord bless you. And Lord willing, I'll talk to you tonight at service or tomorrow on the radio, unless he comes back for us before either of those. God bless.